And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. Biotech startups. There's a lot of them. They're everywhere. But what does that even mean? What is biotech? And what's it like to be a biotech startup founder? These are all questions that I'm going to try to answer during today's show. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on science or biotechnology, and you probably aren't either. So I'll try to ask many of the questions that you might have. Now, before we get too far into that, I want to give you a quick reminder that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. That's my business. If you need help building the software team, reach out. At a minimum, we're going to give you some good advice. With me today, I've got a founder and CEO from one of Startup Hustle's top startups in New Orleans. What a fun town. And, you know, this is coming out right after Mardi Gras. Maybe we should have done the show during Mardi Gras. But with me today, I've got Trivia Frazier, and she is the president and CEO of Obatala Sciences, a biotech company. Once again, one of New Orleans' top startups. You can go to obatalasciences.com. Now, don't try to spell that on your own. Just go down to the link in the show notes and click it. You know, there's a link for fullscale.io and some other great stuff. Uh, for Startup Hustle, like our YouTube channel and other stuff, you can, and you know what? I even made a New Year's resolution this year that I would quit ignoring Twitter. So you can find me on Twitter and maybe we can talk and be friends. I, you know, according to my wife, I need some new friends. So maybe that's you. But without further ado and straight out of, uh, they say Nolens, I think that's how they say it down there, right? <laughs> Trivia, welcome to Startup Hustle. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. It's great to be here. Uh, looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, well, I got you laughing early, so that's 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 good. And I and that's I really butchered what a, a southern accent might sound like. Now, I like to start shows by asking CEOs and founders to give myself and the listeners a little bit of background and backstory about yourself and your company. So let's just start there. Yes, absolutely, happy to do that. Uh, so my personal background, I'm a, a New Orleans girl, <laughs> New Orleans <Yeah>. girl. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's what I was aiming for. <laughs> Raised in New Orleans. I attended uh, uh, undergraduate, graduate school here. So HBCU, Dillard, um, physics background, biomedical engineering, Tulane, and uh, matriculated really through academia, took that traditional route. So I ended up uh, serving as a professor, assistant professor of physics at uh, Dillard, my alma mater, and worked uh, on what became the the technology uh, that became Obatala Sciences. The founding of Obatala started off with this technology I, I worked on as a postdoctoral fellow with my then mentor and co-founders, Jeff Gimbo and Ziying Wu. So the company uh, we elected to 
found here. We're growing it in New Orleans, and we're really excited about keeping the headquarters here, but also expanding throughout the nation. Uh, but in terms of you know our background, it starts with me as a New Orleans girl and collaborating with with folks that are considered transplants um, and having a dedication to grow this, the company here. Uh, that's awesome, and you know, it's uh, it, being an entrepreneur and a founder. On many days, you get people like me. So I've dropped out of five colleges, um, and uh, I ended up doing okay. But that's not an option in your field. That's kind of pretty interesting with a background in physics and and bioscience. So you know, it's it's a pretty well known fact that all great businesses solve a problem. So what's the like? What's the inherent issue or problem that Obatala is aiming to solve, cure, or fix? Yes, absolutely. So we are attacking a critically unmet need for, you know, what you hear typically is is a tangible item. We're addressing the knowledge gap within the fields of obesity and diabetes. Essentially, there's this uh, poor, just terrible attrition rate with the drugs that are being developed to treat patients for not only obesity and diabetes, but the what we call the diabetic or the syndrome, metabolic syndrome that's associated with that cardiovascular disease uh, and some of the associated cancers. And the reason why is because we're so heavily dependent on mice and mouse-derived products to drive the decisions that we're making about how these drugs perform. And so at our simplest, in terms of describing our technology, we are combining stem cells with other biomaterials to mimic tissue from patients of varying demographics so that we have more insight into how the human body responds to drugs much, much earlier in the process. That's way above my pay grade. I, like I said, I mentioned that at the beginning of the show. So, you know, I, it, I have with it, when it comes to diabetes, it's something that, um, you know, it was maybe six or seven years ago when a friend of mine um, was diagnosed with type two, which isn't, uh, isn't as severe as type one, obviously, but um, that was when it first became, I became aware about that education and knowledge gap. And, you know, it was like, you know, and, and myself being part of it, like I didn't even realize the difference. I, I'm, I'm like literally admitting my own ignorance that I got 40 years into life and didn't really understand the difference between type one and type two um, and, you know, how that affects so many people. And I really realized as I was just kind of reading up on it that so many people do have a, a complete lack of understanding about how dietary concerns and intake have such an impact and profound effect. Now, that's changing that isn't necessarily science, but that is like, you know, you have cause and effect, and that's a big cause. How, how do you even go about tackling a big problem like that before you even get into the science side of it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, what you spoke about in the way of just really there being, you know, common misconceptions, um, you know, folks not really understanding um, some of those fundamental differences, which you can dive, go down rabbit holes with respect to the differences between type 1 and type 2. You can look at the science like we're talking about. But before even getting there, the approach that we took was let's truly understand what's the problem here. Like, what, where is there 
a, a fundamental need? Where is there a pain point? Um, you know, why is it that the we're still facing this growing problem and it has become an epidemic? You know, why why is it this this severity in terms of prevalence and then our inability to address it and and really ask, asking those questions of the drug developers of not only the drug developers, but having that intimate relationship with patients that have suffered from the disease for so long. You know, I having family members, best friends, friends that I've lost um, at a very young age, you know, because of this. So it's really getting down to those questions of how can we help, but where's the problem as a starting point? Yeah, and the, you know, you hear people talk about how, you know, prevention is part of a cure. And, but when you look at it, it's, oh man, I think America proved over the last couple of years with the pandemic, how stubborn we are about changing our point of view on a lot of things. So changing cultural understanding and viewpoint on like, I mean, in anything, just like I, I've been going through this recently because I'm, I'm currently at a, at a higher weight than I've ever been at. And a lot of that's the pandemic and I'm not out doing as much stuff, but I was even looking around and I was just like trying to change my own diet. And I was like, good God, is there anything in this house that doesn't have a cup of sugar in it? And I mean, that's where it all starts. Now, when it comes to, okay, so, you know, in, you're in the field of science, physics, biotech, and I would imagine the easier path is to go work for a big company that's already got all the resources and the labs and the things and the stuff and already moving forward. What made you want to go out on your own and actually do a startup, which is without a doubt, the harder way to well, pretty much do anything because startups don't come with an owner's manual. Yes. <laughs> Matt, I've characterized <laughs> myself in the past as a masochist. I've characterized myself yeah. in the <laughs> all, all entrepreneurs are. Yeah. I, I looked so many days. I'm like, did I, I signed up for this. Like I asked for this on some levels. What's wrong with me? Right. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but, well, at least, you, at least you understand that. So welcome. But you know. oh, yeah. the, the first yeah. step of is acceptance, right? You do just recognize yeah. <laughs> Um, You know, to that effect, I would say the, as you identified, you know, there are several people that I know that, you know, they received their doctors in biomedical sciences. They went on to work for, you know, large pharmaceutical companies, top chemical manufacturers, um, and hats off to them, right? We all have- yeah, And those are good jobs too. Those are high paying in demand jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's important for us to appreciate um, where we find our strengths, um, you know, what things make us happy, right? And and for me, it was having the freedom to pursue innovation um, in a in an area in a place that I thought there was just an opportunity to make an impact, um, you know. And so I won't say that that was the only driver. Um, there's also a part of, of exploration. There's a part of curiosity in the way of, you know, embarking on something and having no regrets. Um, that was also a part of it, like not wanting to say I didn't, I didn't pursue the research, the area of research that I really wanted to pursue. And, and knowing there was a whole world out there outside of 
uh, academia for me as well, right? Um, when you when you're working towards your doctorate, you're historically historically what has been the norm is you're going to be a professor. That's what you do, and and you know. I love that interaction, but then learning that there was another way for me to interact with students, support them, create opportunities, and build something special, something unique, something innovative, and have that freedom to do it, you know, that's that's what led me to to embark on this path. You know, while I admit it, I'm I'm not a biotechnician or a, or a physicist or anything. I I have over the last 15 years spent a heck of a lot of time studying human performance, and I'm fascinated with, you know, what makes a high performer a high performer. You know, like anything from a rock star to a painter to a billionaire founder, and I mean, like I literally dedicate a lot of time and effort on that. And it's kind of my ongoing science project. And there's something you said when, uh, with your why, and you mentioned the term curiosity. Um, most people that study the field of genius and like high performance will say that if you have a lack of curiosity, you will not end up being a high performer. Um, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like a, it's a, like a burn in trait because that's kind of, you know, uh, there's a big difference between talent and genius. Talent is being able to hit the target that everybody can see where genius is hitting the target that no one even knew was there. And it's that curiosity that, that leads to that just kind of going off the path and whatever. So in your, in the world of, of biotechnology, uh, is when you get into when someone does pursue a traditional route of either academia or the corporate world, is that curiosity often throttled or fenced in just because it's like, hey, we have these objectives. This is what we're trying to accomplish and get to work on it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that is that why or is there another reason? You know, I and not having, you know, operated at the helm of management in, you know, at that corporate level, I can, I'm speaking from conversations that I have with folks who have served as mentors and, you know, also from my observations of those folks that I went to school with. And it's, it's exactly that the core is I'm working towards a goal that I did not set, right? That goal was established. And, you know, as a team player, you can appreciate that, right? And also as someone that understands the amount of time, energy, effort, you know, financial um, resources, capital that has to go towards the development of a successful therapy, you really can appreciate, you know, folks who are ready to step in line within their that scope of work and just be on a grind, a daily grind to work towards that goal. However, the curiosity, um, you're not you're not really given that bandwidth to explore things that stand out through observation as potential mechanisms outside of that scope that you're, you know, your expectations within your line of work. And so, you know, of course, at the startup level, now if you're venture backed, you know, you still have to go focus towards a goal, but there is that amount of curiosity that you're allowed to pursue just at the foundation of, you know, starting the business, getting it off the ground. Yeah. That, I mean, that same, that same outlook and approach is why I continue to be an entrepreneur. Cause I don't know, man, I need to be able to go down whatever crazy path 
I feel like going down and, you know, and I go down a lot of them and find a dead end and turn around and have to come back and go down another one. And, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of science there, you know, that's part of why I like to study the performance side of things. And, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't know, I have a lot of respect for, for science in general, especially like a true scientist like yourself, because, um, you know, I can go down that path and just, if I don't hit my goal, I don't have to document it. I don't have to do a whole lot of other stuff. I don't have to write a thesis about it or, or you know, I, I just, I'm like, Hey, that didn't work. Let's try something different. And, and I, I'm not as structured. I don't think I'd be a very good scientist in that regard. Now you mentioned, uh, you know, when you mentioned, uh, uh, resources being venture backed. And my notes here say that you've successfully raised some capital, maybe even some federal funding, and we don't need to talk about the amount, but it's, it's reasonable. I also have some notes here that Harvard licensed some technology to you. What were those processes like? Meaning like, uh, cause it, you know, it's one, it, I, all right. So my, my company full scale does tech services. So we're adjacent to the software space and have a foot in it enough that I know that like VC doesn't love my business because we're more service provided. We're not like an enterprise software platform that trades at a 15 X multiple. I would imagine you run into some other things too. It's like, if I give you 2 million bucks, what's that going to get? Are you going to cure cancer for that? Or like something different? Like what, what was that process like of, of raising money as a biotech startup? Yes, that process, and it, it, it's, you know, ongoing. Um, we are in a, a fundraising round right now, for example. And I'll say that the, the process, embarking on it for the first time, there was a huge uh, learning curve for me um, because there, the types of investors, you know, you span a gambit uh, or there's sort of this, the scale, you know, where on one side of the spectrum, you have folks that really understand within biotechnology, the expectation for returns. Uh, it should be, you know, different from that of tech, right? It's, it's longer to see that return uh, than in terms of those expectations within other, other types of areas of business or, or, um, or operations. Then on the other side of the spectrum, folks really do truly understand that difference. Um, but we still had challenges because we've been revenue generating since we were founded. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny to say that that is a challenge, but, you know, once you start generating revenue, the expectation is uh, the application of a, a different valuation model. Like it's, you know, your value is through this revenue as opposed to all the potential that folks are pitching in, you know, pre-revenue stage within biotechnology. So it has its challenges. It has had its challenges from the fundraising standpoint. In some ways, we're very traditional, you know, startup technology started when I was a postdoc, that kind of thing. In other ways, you know, we were unconventional in that we had some knowledge, some background that my co-founders brought. We had some other, we were self supporting, you know, bootstrapping for a while. And then we were revenue generating since our inception. 
You know, I want to talk a little bit more about that before we move on to talking about revenue. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. That's what we do. We have 225 people on staff helping our clients innovate amazing stuff all of which is not biotechnology. So if you need a biotech team, maybe contact Dr. Frazier because that's, that's not our strong suit. Now, um, I, so how do you generate revenue? You mentioned uh, being revenue generating all along. I mean, that's, that's a, that's, get, that had to be wildly helpful in the fundraising process because, yeah, it just says, hey, there's something validated here. But what do you guys, what, what do you all do that, that or how, how do you make money? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we mimic tissue from patients of varying demographics. These are called tissue models or in the world of tissue engineering, microphysiological systems. And those tissue models, we either test therapies of interest, therapies that are coming down a pipeline from large, small, you know, medium tier biotech or academic researchers um, and just provide the data to them. Or we sell our, our commercialized fat on a chip, our on chip technology uh, to folks in the form of a kit. Now, we are unique in that we manufacture our own materials. And so there's a lot of interest around the stem cells themselves, those cells that are used in the matrix and in, in the models. And we sell that as well. So it's also unique in that we have a product and services uh, a business model for our revenue. Yeah, and by the way, pretty much all of my um, all of my education when it comes to biotech startups comes from a guy named James West, who is a startup founder here in Kansas City, and he he's uh, Clara Biotech. They sell exosomes. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, you know, kind of similar to what you're saying is, uh, so apparently I, and you know what, I'm not even going to pretend that I'm going to get this right, but they have, there's some component with the exosomes that are used in some form of medical testing. They have a process for extracting that. And, you know, he's been on the show a couple of times and just blows me away. Like I can't even spell exosomes, uh, much less like tell you how something microscopic does anything like it's magic as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, you know, that, that's something that was really helpful for them as well is having some revenue generating piece. Cause that way it just didn't seem and feel like a money pit. So, okay. So here on startup hustle, we aren't afraid to talk about tough things. And it's a pretty well-known fact that um, that female founders sometimes have even more of a struggle than males when it comes to getting funding. Did you experience that yourself? Yes, I did. I experienced that um, in in the sense that I am a female founder, but also in the sense that I am a black female fi- founder. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, in in black for me, African American with the Nigerian ancestry, and fully appreciating that. Um, in some ways, you know, when we embarked, when my co-founders and I embarked on this process of fundraising and really running the company, we knew that there could be pros and cons in the way of having the face of the company be represented through, you know, me. Um, And there were challenges. Um, You know, the statistics are quoted all the time, but really facing it, that was a different story. 
Yeah, just uh, we just uh, in January, uh, we start the year by doing our own hometowns, uh, top startups. And I'd recorded an episode that was the title. If you want to go listen to it, it's uh, um, Raising Capital as a Minority Founder. And uh, one of my friends and colleagues here in Kansas City, Donald Hawkins, says, um, I don't want to call it a bank. He has started a company called Kinley, which is financial financial institution and solutions for it's a, for uh, for black members. And um, it just sitting down, it's just really eye opening. And, you know, I mean, I'm a middle aged white dude from the suburbs. And that's like, quite honestly, it's just like it's, you know, when I sit down and talk to someone I know and I'm friends with and I'm just like, man, you know, like, that's not cool. Like, yeah, you know, and it's it's it's. Uh, I think it's really good. I want to encourage everyone to go listen to that episode if you haven't, if you're a regular listener, because it, you know what, being a well-rounded human means you got to look at things from all different perspectives. You got to empathize with other people. And, you know, everybody's story is different. We all have a different set of strengths, weaknesses, struggles, and all of it. And if you really want to be an entrepreneur, immerse yourself in entrepreneurship and, and mm-hmm. know and understand when, you know, the, the struggle and the plight that the, the person at the left of you, the person to the right of you goes through. And, and, and I think it'll also on many levels gives you some appreciation for, I don't know, all of it, you know, and that's uh, so, so how do you, I mean, what was your main, if you had to give advice to someone else that wanted to follow in your footsteps when it came to overcoming some of those struggles, what, what would you say? Yeah. Um, I'm not traditionally known as someone that's, you know, that gives a tough love, but in the case of sharing advice, I would definitely say, put on your big person pants, (laughs) um, you know, be willing to have those uncomfortable conversations, be willing to be in the, the room that makes you uncomfortable because that's where oftentimes the the unnoticed um, covert opportunities exist, right? You they really don't stand out unless you give them a chance um, those opportunities. And sometimes I think the the thing that is um, missed out of the equation is that communication is a two way thing. Um, there are opportunities for anyone to get to know the next person, as you're saying, standing next to you, in front of you, you know, just by listening. Um, And so I think it'll be difficult. It will be difficult. Don't expect it to be an easy road, but be willing to embark on it and to put in that energy, that activation energy to overcome those obstacles and you will be successful. Uh, Well said. And you know, everything you just said is universal advice. That's like, if you want to be a founder, you want to be an entrepreneur, look, okay. Episode two of now almost 800 episodes of Startup Hustle is titled Getting Funded Sucks. Um, Because we started this whole show to tell the real story of entrepreneurship. And and my often co-host and business partner, Matt Watson, we said, we're not going to sugarcoat any of this. Like, this is what people need to hear. And what what Dr. Frazier just said is, is, it like it it doesn't you know it regardless of of race sex any of it it's a dogfight now yep. that said if you show up and show everyone that you're a fighter you're going to have more interest in you because this is a dogfight it is it is you 
it's you walk in. Okay. So we love quoting Mike Tyson because Mike Tyson said everyone had a plan until they got punched in the face. Yes. Well, that's, that's what startups are like, you know, so you walk in with your plan and you get punched in the face a couple of times and anybody that's going to invest in back any even work with you, they want to see what they don't want to see you before you get punched in the face. They want to see how you're going to react to it. Cause here's the thing. If you're not passionate about what you're doing, if you're not passionate about your solution, if you're not a fighter, you don't have that in you, you're going to quit. Yep. You're going to quit, which yep. means you're going to quit with someone else's big check going. Wah, 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 wah. So yeah, that was, I mean, well said. And you know, like I said, show up, make yourself known. Uh, you said I'm not. So, you said you aren't someone to deliver tough love. Like I am made of tough love, maybe. And <laughs> and guess what? That means some people don't like me. Some people don't agree with me, and I don't care. Yeah, it's the truth. I'm not throwing bullshit out there. You know, like here it is, and and be prepared to hear tough things as well. You mm -hmm. know, and like accept the fact that other people. Now I always say, listen for the echo. When you hear, it's the same thing with science. Like you get the same result a bunch of times in a row. Okay, well, this must be how it works. Yeah. And it's the same thing with feedback and input and, you know, like, um, you know, show up, like you said, with your adult pants. Um, but, you know, just know that, I mean, you don't walk into an investor pitch, a VC meeting, a board of directors review, any of that. You're not, I mean, you're there to talk about business. You're not there to like always make friends and it's just the way it goes. So yeah, well said on that one. All right. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I like the, the open-minded view of, you know what, there's some, I, I say often your strength and your weakness hold hands. So you mentioned that like, there's some things you'll have to overcome. And then there's some other things that our strengths, how did you use, what were a few of those and how did you play those or push those in a forward direction to help you get where you're at today? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, some of our strengths, I, I, I looked at the strengths of me personally being able to go out and tell the story um, and, you know, having that, that resistance to, you know, I mean, like you said it, you said it well, it's, it it sucks raising money. Yes. yes. Many times. I've yet, I've yet to find anyone that's like, you know what? I love raising capital. People <laughs> like, like getting the check, but right. the process is never, never cool. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, balancing that with, or combining that with, um, the strength of the team, we have such a phenomenal team and also knowing that what we're bringing there, it's high quality, it's premium. And we started out doing what I think, you know, is sort of a, a pitfall for a number of groups. And we started out by listening to the pain points of the customer. You know, the, the whole reason why we, we were revenue generating was we were performing customer discovery and someone said, oh, yeah, I'm willing to try that and I'll pay, you know, about 50K for it. Let's let's go. Let's get it done. And so that willingness to hear start off at that point um, and to believe in, you know, quality, to promote quality. Um, all those elements that make us unique and make us stand out within this field. And, you know, my ability to say, okay, let me try to explain this as if, you know, I'm talking to a fifth grader without making any assumptions, right? Um, those strengths. 
also recognizing that although there is resistance to women founders raising capital, you know, having that same degree of success, that is my strength. The diversity aspect of what we're promoting, we're promoting diversity, not only in age, but gender, body mass index, like the different compositions, what makes us different as humans, that individuality. And so that difference in thought, how do we talk about that and bring it forth as a forward facing component of who we are? Yeah, if you and I were sitting next to each other at a, at a ball game and we found out we were both entrepreneurs and, uh, and I, I would tell you that, that like African-American and female as a founder is a strength right now, because there is such a spotlight on creating diversity, which, is, which opens some doors currently. Now it doesn't mean that it, that doesn't make up for all the misgivings of the past. Okay. But we live in the now it's, it's now, it's not 20 years ago. It's not 20 years from now it's now. And you know, the, and that's one of the things, and that's what I was talking to Donald on that other podcast about was, you know, when, when, uh, you know, the, uh, the black lives matter stuff really was, was getting a lot of press and so many funds and, uh, and just investment vessels, you know, they said, we're going to do this. And he personally felt that a lot of them haven't really lived up to that hype. Mm-hmm. Like they, it was easy to say, Hey, we're going to do this. And then you get some PR and some press and then no one really holds you accountable for it. Have you found that, that there are some open doors and opportunities that might not have been as accessible five years ago? Yes. Yes, I do. I agree. You know, I, I speak often to, my spouse and to my co-founders that say, you know, this is a decade of the woman. <laughs> um, sure, yeah, yeah. You know, understanding, you know, the the terrible events that led to where we are in the now, right now, in the way of the promotion of diversity, um, allowing individuals to have a seat at the table, you know, the decision-making table, uh, where historically those opportunities were not available. Absolutely, I agree. And there also are several players out there that are promoting, you know, something that they truly are not standing behind. Um, and in that sense, you know, it, it can be a bit dangerous to say, this is our, for example, investment thesis. We're promoting women. We're promoting female founders and you know, when it comes down to the nuts and bolts, the operations, they are predators with respect to, you know, the terms and things like that. And so it's also, it's still quite crucial to be vigilant, no matter what, you know, the environment is, the now is to be vigilant in that. Yeah, you know, you have a great point there. And, you know, to, to uh, kind of roll that back out to listeners, you know, what, what Dr. Fraser's talking about is, uh, so some fund or program or something might say, hey, we're, uh, we're, we're allowing, we're requiring this amount of the segment of the fund to be used for female founders, black founders, army veterans, something like that. But, and then they say, well, we're living up to it, but then they give you shitty term sheets. You know, or something different. And it's like, you know, I don't know. But I mean, that can happen anywhere. Get a good lawyer and make sure you go go through that stuff. That's probably the best advice when it comes to that. Okay, so let's lighten the subject up a little bit. Uh, and, and once again, with me today, I've got Dr. Trivia Frazier, who is the president and CEO of Obatala Sciences, one of Startup Hustle's 
top New Orleans startups in the year of 2022. So why the name Obatala? What is it? Where's where is that? What's the origin story on that? Yes, I love to talk about this because it does go uh, back to my Nigerian roots. So okay. uh, in West Africa, uh, the Yoruban people believe that Obatala or Obatala was one of the gods uh, that essentially contributed to our the world and, and the way we see things in ourselves. Obatala hmm. actually used naturally occurring materials clay and mud to form the human body. And at Obatala, we're using naturally occurring biological materials to mimic tissues of the human body. So we thought it was fitting, of course, to go uh, different from you know the norm and the way of naming the company after what we do or after Greek gods and goddesses, uh, but go with the, the ancient uh, Nigerian roots. That's cool. That's, you know, that's why I like doing the show. Cause I just learned so much stuff that I, I don't think I would have ever probably learned that if we hadn't recorded the show. So, you know, once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by Fullscale, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Go to fullscale.io to learn more about how we can make finding developers affordable and easy. Now I like to end my episodes of Startup Hustle with the founders freestyle. I say my episodes, I'm not the only host of the show. If you listen regularly, you know that. Now, while I've been on 500 plus shows, we turned this into a network a while back. So make sure you tune in for a weekly show with Andrew Morgans, who talks all about e-commerce and Amazon. He's the founder of Marknology.com. Check out Lauren Conaway's weekly show. She is the founder of Innovator. And check out Matt Watson's new weekly show, which According to the projected publication date of this, the first one came out a week ago. So Matt and I have done so many shows, hundreds of shows together. And uh, he said that he has always felt like the bridesmaid and never the bride. So we wanted to let him know that we do think of him as the bride and we gave him his own weekly show. Uh, Matt is, uh, he's going to talk about whatever Matt talks about. We, we can try to give him some guidance or direction on that, but Matt's still going to do what Matt wants to do. Same goes with this, Matt. But, you know, as I mentioned with the, the Founders Freestyle, I like to give guests an opportunity to t- mention anything that you didn't get to in the show, or perhaps talk about some of the things that stood out during today's conversation. What do you got? Yeah. Um, good. I'm never prepared for a freestyle. I'll say. <laughs> I'm not either. And that's what, that's the whole point of it though. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I do is I write poetry and okay. um, yeah, I could, I could share a short poem or I could just. I would love that. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is um, from actually a book that I'm writing um, and it is centered around my ups and downs in life. But this one is is talking about an experience that I had, and you know, on it, along the, a similar vein of you know, believe in what you believe in, and and be strong in that. Um, this one is about my relationship with God. So this goes: these tears of joy that only the Lord can bring, flowing like rivers of water. The Lamb of God in the sweetest song sung at the altar. Who dare speak the truth? Who dare speak life? Wondering who brought this laughter? For it is you, my king. It is you, my joy. 
It is you who anoints me with your calling. The same of these is in my heart, the one that withers never. He's alive and well. He's alive and well. His praises ring forever and ever. Bravo, bravo. And, uh, you know, I've been recording reaction videos, uh, putting them on the Startup Hustle YouTube channel and also in Startup Hustle chat and Facebook. And I'm definitely going to talk about the poetry because that's the first 800, almost 800, probably about 800 episodes by the time this one comes out. And uh, we had someone did rap once. Um, but we have yet to have original poetry and as someone who worked in and around the music industry for 15 years, I have a strong appreciation for that. Thank you. Um, for myself, a couple takeaways from today's show. Well, first off, I learned a little bit more about Obatala and I love the organic nature of that. I'm always fascinated with history and culture. Um, you know, some of the things that really stood out today was, you know, I want to thank you for being open about um, the challenges and some of the things we talked about with, uh, you know, you know, being a black founder, being a female founder, being a biotech founder, and all of that kind of, um, you know, shoved together into into one scenario is, is a lot to overcome. I, I really want to congratulate you on all your success. I mean, it's, uh, I, uh, as I mentioned on the way in, I, I you know, I always joke because I dropped out of five colleges. I really did. And I might be a junior in college now after five colleges, but I have such a strong appreciation for people that, that get through that process. I mean, you're, you're coming up on tenure, uh, is it at, at Dillard, right? Dillard college or university. Yes. And that's so far away from my reality. I'm coming up on tenure at startup hustle university, maybe. So, <laughs> uh, but but overall, you know, the, the thing is, is there's so much of the stuff with biotech, science, medicine, and all that in the modern world, we just, we just assume that it should be there and don't necessarily have a respect or understanding for like every, all the failure that goes in to finding a success that was singular people, a success failures on the way to success and the level of education, curiosity, understanding, discipline, and tenacity that it takes to sometimes simply find the simple solutions that we take for granted. So thank you for being a part of that. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's, that's what, that's what I love about science and innovation and it can go in so many different ways. So, and congratulations for being on the new Orleans. This is the first time we've done a new Orleans top startups list. So, um, yeah, so you're, you can, you can say you're in the inaugural class there and I wouldn't tell people you're a doctor anymore. I would instead say I am a startup hustle 2022 top startup. No, I'd go with doctor. <laughs> Well, I'm going to check up on you down the road and, and congratulations and thanks for taking some time to talk to me today. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate it. And thank you for promoting everyone, you know, amplifying their voice. Um, it's, it's really great to have that level of support and that understanding your experiences. You're an awesome person. Oh, that some people will agree and some won't, but that's just the way it goes. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll see you next time. <laughs> Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.
like with the world.